Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, wanted to break down the issue with the Warriors and uh, Draymond Green after his latest uh, incident during the game and his now suspension. Ohani, uh, Ohani. Otani made a decision, um, signed with the Dodgers, so we'll get into that and his interesting uh, contract breakdown uh, to save the Dodgers money and uh, give them the opportunity to contend for the next 10 years at a high level. A lot of drama this week. You had um, Patrick Mahomes going off on the refs during the game against the Bills, so we'll recap that. Uh, and also Giannis, some drama there with the with getting the, the game ball after a, a record uh, performance against the Pacers. Um, so yeah, a lot of stuff happened uh, in sports this week. So let's start with uh, Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors. As I mentioned this last episode, just a few days ago, I said uh, that Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, they have earned the right to uh, play out their careers with the Golden State Warriors. And uh, Steph Curry obviously is make, calling the shots there of uh, keeping the core together, riding it out with them because, you know, they built it together, built from scratch through the draft. Right, and they won all those championships. They won the four championships uh, most recently in 2021, 2022 season, um, and now it's it's you know there's there's some problems, right? Um, I think Draymond Green is obviously a diminishing asset. Uh, Clay Thompson is definitely a diminishing asset. You know, he had 30 yesterday, but only only three points in the fourth quarter. Um, as the Warriors lost again, uh, this time to the Clippers, uh, they're just they're out of sync. They lack discipline. Uh, the the problems that I have with this team is that like it's all the veterans that are that are giving issues to the team. Like Andrew Wiggins, who was arguably the second best player in the team when they won the championship recently. Um, Straymond Green, who you know he's an emotional guy, but he can control his emotions in the game, and um, you know. You look to his energy, kind of brings the team together when something happens. You know, usually when he he used to get a flagrant, he used to get fired up with the crowd, and then would um, then they'd go on like a ten zero run or something, and then they'd they'd win, and that's just how it was. Like against the Celtics in the finals, he got he agitated uh, Jalen Brown, and um, you know the the Celtics had a had an advantage, and then Draymond just started bullying people, and then they won the series. So it worked to their advantage for many years and a lot of championship runs. But it seems like it's worn out. It's worn thin. It gets played out when Steph Curry has to answer for Draymond's actions, for an, another grown man's actions. Like if he can control somebody, uh, Steve Kerr, they've had to answer many times. And if you look at the year 2023, both seasons counting, part of last season and this season, Draymond Green has been suspended three times. And for this regular season so far, he's been ejected or missed half the games already. And... He just signed an extension, four years, $100 million to return to the Warriors. The Warriors cho- chose Draymond over Jordan Poole, which what I would have done as well. But after he punched him, he killed Team Morale, and that team was just done after that. Um, you know, he had he stomped on Sabonis' chest, which in, in that situation, I think it was understandable. You know, Sabonis and him were going at it back and forth. Sabonis was, was flopping a lot. But if you go back, all these incidents, something was kind of, things were warranted, I feel like, or it, it energized the Warriors. But now the Warriors just, when something happens, like no one comes to his defense. If you look at the bench, the, the players just look out of it, like they're just tired of it. Um, Draymond needs Steph to win. Steph needs Draymond to win. Steph needs Clay to to hit his shot consistently and and be somewhat there defensively to win. 
in his GP2 in the lineup. Um, Chris Paul has not worked out well. Um, he hasn't been as effective as they, they thought he would be. Um, the young guys are not playing consistently. Um, Jonathan Kaminga, he shows flashes. Moody shows flashes, but they're not trusted enough by Kerr to play a lot of minutes. But now with uh, with Draymond out, for he's suspended indefinitely now after striking Nurkic uh, with the Suns and falling to the floor after this is like a couple weeks what a couple weeks after he choked out Rudy Gobert which in his defense he was protecting Clay Thompson because uh Rudy Gobert who wasn't part of that situation started trying to he grabbed Clay Thompson by the neck so I support what Draymond did there um Draymond's a guy you know you want him on your team you hate playing against him but if he's riding with you then he has your back for life right he's that kind of guy and um Steph is reciprocating the um, the loyalty by I think he's holding up the um, the room for growth for this Warriors roster because I think he's probably made it clear to the front office I feel like he has that he's loyal to Clay and Andre and he wants to ride it out with those guys and whatever they do with Wiggins Wiggins has been struggling he's he was now benched he's not starting anymore they bench Clay Thompson in closing minutes um, but I think personally with this it's it's run its course with Draymond um, because if, if you're not winning and you're not producing at a high level like he's still an effective player I think but he's not what he was a couple years ago even um, it's just not worth it because now he has to he's a, and, and I, I I like how everyone's acting like it's Draymond's like have mental health at risk like he's always been this guy but now now that they're not winning and he's not playing at a high level like a defensive player uh, of the year last like the last few years it was before but um, like everyone's acting like he's like mentally like unwell, like Antonio Brown or something like that's not the case. This is who he is. So now they're, they worked with the league to now he's suspended indefinitely and he has to meet certain criteria to come back. So now he's going to therapy and hopefully it works, but I, I think they pull the plug on him. I think Joe Lacob is upset. I think Mike Dunleavy, the new GM is, uh, is upset. I think they're tired of it. I think they probably they try to cut bait, but now they're locked in. And now they're stuck for four years. So now like no one's gonna take that contract on. And then you have to decide what you're gonna do with Clay. Are you gonna bring Clay back, who's in the final year of his contract? He reportedly turned down a two year ex- uh, extension uh, in the offseason. Now they're they're not talking. So does he want to go to L.A.? Like what happens? I don't think there's a trade partner for them at all. But apparently teams have been calling them for that. Um, the Warriors need to find a way to maximize these last few years of Steph Curry's career. He's still playing at a high level. He's 35. He's playing really well, but um, you got to get him some consistency around him. And if that means um, separating from that core, Draymond and and and, uh, and Clay, and maybe Wiggins, and you got to do it. You got to see what kind of assets you get back, see what kind of pieces you bring in. Um, unless like Clay and Draymond want to take bench rolls or something or pay cuts, like something. So they could still be part of the organization. I think that's probably the route that they go. But you got to have more consistency around Steph because he's 35 and he's still playing at a high level. And you got to take advantage of it. Like they, he should be competing for championships. Um, it's just sad to see this happen because this is what happens when you know players just like aren't as good anymore. Like this happened with Rodman. You just start getting more explosive and get more technicals and getting more fights. And you, you know you, if you can't play well, you play dirty. Um, I don't know. I, I still support Draymond, but it's just like, when is enough? When is it going to be enough? You know, with all these all these issues and stuff and like, because the Warriors need him. 
right? Like they need him out there. Steph needs him out there. They play so well together. Like their their chemistry is unspoken. Like they just know where the other person's going to be and what's going to happen. Uh, but this team has a lot to work on. Um, it seems like this year is just a done year. Um, I think this year has always been like the last year in mind of bringing the core back. Um, Steph, I think he he had um, reiterated that he like let's run it again. Let's see what we could do with this group again with with Clay and and Draymond. If it's not working, then it's not working. There's going to probably be a separation at the end of this year with Clay Thompson, the Golden State Warriors, because he's been like really inconsistent. It just hasn't been hasn't looked good at all with um, with the Warriors. But we'll see what happens. He's uh, Draymond will probably end up missing like 20 games, honestly, with this uh, counseling and all that stuff. So it'll be back probably, what was that, like February or something? Which that's a lot of the season to miss. And they've just been trying to figure out shuffling starting lineups and stuff with different injuries and suspensions. And, and it's been tough for them for sure. So other NBA news, we had the situation with Giannis and the Pacers. The Pacers are all team petty. First team all petty right there because... Uh, Giannis, uh, they're playing in Milwaukee, right? Giannis scores 64 points, I believe. Uh, so that's his, his, that's a record for um, the Milwaukee Bucks franchise history. Uh, most points scored in a game or something like that. And then also he became the um, the most scoring uh, Milwaukee Buck in franchise history, right? So big, big game, right? Big milestone for Giannis. And the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, they wanted the game ball, and there's you know there's been chippy with them ever since the in-season tournament, right? Um, so the Pacers reportedly took it because the uh, they had a rookie who scored his first basket, which was a free throw. They scored one point, barely played. They're like, oh, okay, are we going to give you the game ball after Giannis had this historical game at home? Um, so obviously, you would give the ball to Giannis. It's like, okay. 64 points to one point for this guy's first game, you know, like Giannis had bigger milestones. So it, it should have gone to Giannis, especially since they're in Milwaukee, like their, their staff has to do a better job of uh, securing the ball for him. Uh, so Giannis was upset. He thought uh, the Pacers were being petty. So he runs to the locker room. He's trying to be held back by his brother. And then his, they run over there. Apparently there was like a little skirmish outside the locker room. And um, the GM of the Pacers got, got elbowed in the ribs or something. They were, they were trying to fight, and it was like a whole thing. Um, then the Pacers ended up giving Milwaukee a ball. Uh, Giannis says that it, they switched it. They switched it so that they can act, have the real ball and gave Giannis a fake ball. And So he's been upset through the media and, and all that stuff. Um, it's just weird. It's it's weird, but Pacers being petty. It should go to Giannis. Um, Pacers are having a good year, but um, I think in that situation, the ball should go to Giannis. You know, he has a, he has a right to be upset. For sure. Um, let's talk about some baseball, right? Uh, Otani to the Dodgers. Uh, the the finalists were reportedly the Los Angeles Angels, Toronto Blue Jays. Remember the, the last episode we had? I ended the podcast with, "Oh, he's in Toronto." That ended up being a lie. He wasn't in Toronto. He was still in his home in L.A., which made it lean more towards the Dodgers because he already lived in L.A., played for the Angels, right? So. Um, I just I didn't know the Dodgers could do it, <laughs> and I've seen we've seen them, you know, acquire the biggest talent in baseball, right? And um, you know the Giants were also finalists. But the thing that was interesting to me was the terms of the contract: seven hundred million dollars for ten years, uh, uh, highest paying 
contract in sports history in in American sports history, right? Um, so that's seventy million dollars a year. But Otani's camp apparently he had this brilliant idea to defer all the payments after the ten years. So um, that's incredible. So that means that with the with the the, the payroll. The Dodgers are only going to be paying Shohei Otani while he's playing, right, during the 10 years. They're going to be paying him $2 million a year for those 10 years. And then after the 10 years is up, the remaining $680 million is going to be deferred and then paid out um, after 2033 to, what is that, 2043 or 24 and then 44. Um, He's going to be... it's like Bobby Bonilla, that contract's gonna be like that every year for the next ten for the ten years after that. So he's gonna be on the payroll for the Dodgers for twenty years. But the other thing in the deferments, the uh, the deferments for the Dodgers are interest free, so they don't have to pay Otani the extra amounts, and um, they get to build around the roster more because Otani, the best player on earth. In baseball is only going to be making $2 million a year, which is insane. And it's incredible that he even requested that. I'm like, who was even thinking of that? He's playing chess. And um, the Dodgers ended up trading for Glass now, starting pitcher for the Rays, and extended him, contract extension. And so now they have this deep lineup, good pitching staff. Um, they obviously end up as favorites to win the World Series. And if they don't win in the 10 years, how many how many World Series should they win? They have Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Max Muncy. Who else do they have? Um, Otani. You know, they have they have great players. Um, so if they don't win in 10 years if, with, the, with all these other guys they have, they should win three at least. Would that be a disappointment if they won three championships with that roster? I don't think I think I don't think so because the Dodgers they only had the COVID one and they haven't been like you know they've acquired massive talent in the past and have come up short, you know they've been they've been failing and I don't know how Dave Roberts is still the the manager there honestly with the talent that he has a collection of talent they should have they should have a couple more World Series honestly, uh, but with the Otani and then with the ability to build the roster around him better because he's only making two million dollars it's insane, um, yeah they should be. They should be very competitive and should win. Maybe not this next one. Maybe the next one after that when he starts pitching. Once he starts pitching again in 2025, um, this is going to be dangerous. It's going to be dangerous. And um, he had offered the same terms to the Angels, which the Angels turned down. It's like, we don't want to defer. He offered it also to the Blue Jays. Blue Jays accepted the same terms. $700 million for 10 years, deferred $680 million. And then he also offered it to the Giants. And the Giants also accepted it. And, um, yeah, they just got beat out by the Dodgers. And then, you know, Buster Posey decided to say, like, oh, it's because the city of San Francisco, people, you know, because drugs and crime. Bro, there's drugs and crime in every major city, you know. Like, it's just because the Giants aren't winning. The Giants just hired Bob Melvin after firing Kapler. Um, They haven't been able to acquire top talent anyway. They haven't been able to – I mean, they've offered free agents massive contracts – but they've gotten turned down. They had the Aaron Judge situation, the Arson Judge situation, the Correa situation. Bryce Harper said no. Um, now they have, um, now they have Otani not choosing them. They just have had all these major pieces saying no, and it's because they've been losing. 
It's because Posey's not there anymore. You don't have Bumgarner there anymore. You don't have Brian Wilson, Tulinskum. You know, you don't have the whole crew. You don't have Pablo Sandoval there. You don't have, uh, you don't have these guys. Crawford's still there, but he's either retired or this next year is going to be his last year. Um, Brandon Belt was in Toronto. You know, it's just you don't have those guys. You don't have Bruce Bochy there, who just won a World Series with the Rangers. Um, so it's tough, especially it's tough being uh, in the same division as the Dodgers now with all that that wealth of talent. So, uh, you know, other teams that, that could win still, the Rangers, you know, you have the Astros, the Braves. I think the Phillies are going to be a great team for a while. Uh, but we'll see. You know, LA's very excited about this because they just beat everybody. So they just feel um, they're just like these emboldened Dodger fans everywhere. Like I'm in San Francisco and I see them walking down the street with their little Dodger gear. Like that, that shouldn't happen. We shouldn't see that. We shouldn't be subjected to that here in San Francisco. We're to have our other problems. Like, we don't want to see fucking Dodger fans proudly wearing their their Dodger blue everywhere. Like there's no big deal. Like, come on. The disrespect, right? And now they're going to do it even more with these Otani jerseys. Anytime there's a game at Oracle Park, and it's a Dodgers-Giants game. We're just going to see more Dodgers fans now, I think, because the Giants can be terrible. You know, they don't – They, I mean, they signed uh, one of the Korean outfielders uh, five years, $160 million, I think. Um, he should be good, but he's not Otani good. And we wanted Otani. But, you know, at least they're making some some moves. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to think about it, but uh, we'll see. Um, let's see what else. Switching gears to the NFL. Um what should we start first? Let's start with the Patrick Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen game. Because, so Kadarius Toney, if you remember, he was the receiver for the Giants, had a lot of drops, had a lot of issues. Um, there was a game-winning drive uh, for the Chiefs against the Bills, and he was offsides. He reportedly checked with the ref and all this. But, I mean, come on, you're a professional. And he was very obviously past the line and offsides, and it was just frustrating. And then, but, but he was also apparently offsides the entire game, and they barely, they waited till the very end of the game to call it, which is very upsetting. And then Mahomes just freaked out. I've never seen Mahomes freak out like this because usually he's nice. He's all buttoned up because he's used to winning. He's used to things going their way. Now they're 8-5, and five and uh, they're like a fourth seed. And... Um, he was freaking out at the ref so mad. He was like, he was mad. He was talking mad to, to Josh Allen about the call. Then he, he apologized. And no, I gotta be honest. I liked it because we've seen psycho Tom where Tom Brady just freaks out on the sidelines, you know, breaking tablets. It was like, Oh yeah, he's competitive. He refuses to lose. And we never saw that from Mahomes. and Mahomes wants to win, you know, regardless of his, you know, his nice guy, um, demeanor, he, he wants to win. And he wants it, and he's he's getting frustrated with the team, and he shouldn't be getting mad at the officials. He sh- this is on Kadarius Tony. Like you need to call out Kadarius Tony. You need to be, um, you need to be demonstrative with him in the locker room. Say, hey, dude, what are you doing? Get your head out of your ass. Like, come on, man. And the receivers they've all been letting down Patrick Mahomes and that offense and Andy Reid because they they're leading the league in drops. And now, I'll get into my my tears list again for who I think could win the Super Bowl. I don't know if I, I'm putting the Chiefs there. I can believe in. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid for so long, but they they haven't figured it out yet, and we're going into week fifteen and haven't they haven't figured it out? They're eight and five now. Um, the Broncos are two games back of them in the division, and you know the AFC is like wide open, I think. But I mean, there's there's no reason they should have lost to the Bills like that, and you know the drops are just they're outrageous. Um, 
other news, Brandon Staley finally got fired by the Chargers, which the Chargers made some horrible decisions, in my opinion, because last year, Sean Payton was interested in the job. And look what he's done with, with Denver and Russell Wilson. It's, you know, they're not where they need to be, but they're playing a lot better. And last year, he wanted that Chargers job, and the Chargers passed on him. They passed on him. I don't know why they passed on him. They decided to stick it out with Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, who was just down 49-0 to zero at halftime against the uh, Vegas Raiders. Ended up losing that game. Was it sixty-three to fourteen? And then at the end of the after the press conference, they ask him, "Oh, hey, uh, do you expect to have this job?" He's like, "Yeah, I expect to be here because I know what I've done the last three years." Brandon Staley, read the room. What are you talking about? What have you done the last three years? You have, you have failed expectations every single single year. You have Justin Herbert, who can arguably be a top five quarterback. You have Austin Eckler, top of his game. You have great defensive players. You have a great roster, very talented roster, and you have not been able to um, make the playoffs really be consistent at all. That defense is terrible. The defense can't stop a, a nosebleed, right? And uh, now they fire. They decided to fire him. I, he shouldn't have made it past halftime, honestly, but. With that, um, some options for who can coach this team next. I think the only thing, person I can think of, besides the Sean Payton thing, because I've been saying that forever because it was heavily rumored, I feel like, but now it's Bill Belichick. Um, apparently, th- this broke out that he is going to be fired at season's end. Um, what's his name? Robert Kraft made the decision after the Germany game that he's done. They're not going to embarrass him during the year, but he's going to be fired. And if I'm the Chargers, I I offer Bill Belichick whatever he wants because we've seen him with a talented roster and a talented quarterback like Tom Brady. He won seven championships. And I think if, if Belichick has Justin Herbert, he will be reignited, right? The Death Star is back. I would love to see him coach... Justin Herbert for 10 years and win five Super Bowls or something. Just make him the best quarterback that he can be um, with that roster, that talent. Like, if I'm Bill Belichick, that would make me, like, excited. I'd be like, okay, New England, I'm done. Thank you, Robert Kraft, for the time. Thank you, Tom Brady. And he wants to get the all-times win record as head coach. And I think he wants to prove to people that his legacy is valid. And he wants to win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. And if I'm him, I'm, I'm going to make a push to go to the Chargers. I'm putting my rings on the table and say, look, Chargers, Chargers people, whoever the fuck owns the Chargers, are you guys tired of losing? Are you guys tired of failing expectations and being like the Clippers of football? You have all this talent, you can't do anything. Well, I am here. Look at my championships. Look at me. I am here to save the franchise. And I think that's what you should do. That would be very exciting. I would be very interested in seeing that. Um... Yeah, that that's what I think should happen there. Um, okay, let's let's recap some of the games for for week fourteen before we get into our picks for week fifteen. Okay, so recapping some of the games here for week fourteen, uh, Buccaneers beat the Falcons twenty nine twenty five. So they're both six and seven. Um, you have a tie there for the NFC South, and I think the tiebreaker belongs to uh, Tampa. So right now, playoffs start today. They would be in it. Um, so you had the uh, the Ravens ended a great game. They had a was a special teams touchdown towards the end uh, to beat the Rams 37-31. Rams are kind of spicy. Um, the Ram- the Ravens are the best team in uh, the AFC in my opinion. They've been consistent all year. Uh, Lamar has definitely been throwing more. Um, 
better targets. Uh, he has the best, I think, core right now as far as receiving gr- group. Um, since he's been in the NFL, defense is playing really well. Uh, they're 10-3. and three, um, And I think the Christmas game, Monday night against San Francisco, I think they're playing in Santa Clara. I think that could be a Super Bowl preview. I think that's um, the Ravens have been kind of... Um, I've been hesitant on the Ravens just because Lamar Jackson, you know, injuries could always happen with his playing style. But uh, right now in the AFC, it's it's the Ravens, the team to beat NFC. You still have the 49ers there because uh, we don't know what the what the Chiefs, if they can figure it out um, with their record, 8-5 and five in that offense. Uh, Bills, you know, they're hanging around there. Even the Bengals are hanging around with, um, with Browning. Um, so, you know, and the Dolphins too. The Dolphins are there, but... You know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I was like, okay, Dolphins right there, they're they're gonna be great. Um, I have them, but Dolphins haven't beat anybody with the with a, a winning record. And on Monday night, they they blew the game against the Titans, who are five and eight now. They lost twenty eight to twenty seven to Will Levis. He came back and beat them, and uh, Tyreek Hill was injured. Um, but I just think it'll be different in the playoffs. I was hoping it would be, but I don't I don't know in the playoffs. I feel like. You know they haven't been truly tested, and, and when they have been, it like they don't they don't show up against the teams with better records. Like it just doesn't happen. So right now, I would say the the Ravens, the AFC have the best chance. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll end that here soon. Uh, Lions losing to the Bears, twenty to thirteen. Uh, major red flags for this late in the season. Um, I had the Lions kind of there as as a, as a contender in the NFC, but. Um, right now, would put Philly over the Lions because the Lions are defense. Defense, like defensively, they're just not there. They're not there. Um, I think they'll, they're, they're going to come up short in the postseason. But um, this is a great building year for them, and hopefully, they can still find that consistency, uh, make some upgrades on the defensive side of the ball. Because um, the Bears should not have beaten them like that. Like the Lions, right now, they have to push hard uh, to get the first or second seed still you know that's still up for grabs um then you have the colts losing 34 to 14 against the Bengals. Um, now they have the same record uh, both in, in the in the spot for uh, to win a wild card um then you had another good game i think i picked the browns to win this game too i had the browns beating the jacksonville jaguars because i wasn't sure if trevor lawrence was going to play but trevor lawrence did in fact play he played the whole game um they lost 27 to 31 both eight and five. So the AFC is very competitive. I'm, I'm really loving it. Um, it's been great. Um, and this is going to surprise you, but the Browns can win the Super Bowl. I I would bet money on the Browns uh, winning the Super Bowl because you would win a lot of money, in my opinion. This team, this defense is Super Bowl ready. This defense, I think statistically, is actually better than the 49ers defense. Um, they've shut down opposing quarterbacks. They beat San Francisco. Um, they're eight and five and they lost Nick Chubb for the entire year. Like was that week two, week three, like early in the season, they lost to Sean Watson. They've been rotating quarterbacks and they signed Joe Flacco. Who's 38 years old. He had a great game. Three, what he had three touch passing touchdowns. I believe, um, he's won this way before in Baltimore. That team was all defense and you know, he just had to do what he had to do. He has a big arm still. Um, but if he plays like that still, like throughout the rest of the year, they can win the Super Bowl. I think I truly think they can win the Super Bowl with that roster. Kareem Hunt is no slouch still in the running game. Like they have some pieces there. They have enough pieces to get it done. If Joe Flacco just doesn't turn the ball over, he has a big arm and he could just find people, don't make mistakes, and 
and just let it rip, like they can do it. I truly believe they can do it. Uh, Panthers still one in twelve now. Um, Saints are still there in the playoff spot for the NFC South, twenty to six. Uh, the Jets. Zach Wilson had a good game, great game. Um, destroyed the Texans, thirty to six. Texans still in the playoff hunt, but C.J. Stroud left the game with a concussion. Um, 49ers all over the Seahawks, twenty to sixteen. They get uh, they move up to ten and three. We discussed the Chiefs game, Chiefs and Bills. Bills move up to seven and six. They're still there. Um, and then Broncos they won, so they're up to seven and six right now as well. So they're a game back from the Chiefs for the division. Um, and then Cowboys just destroyed the Eagles, 33-13. So now they're in the second spot. They could still win the NFC East, which is great news for them. Um, then Giants, the the great story with Tommy DeVito. They continue to win 5-8. and eight. They beat the Packers 24-22. Um, okay, so let's recap. Let's get into week 5. So for week – or not week 5. Week 15 – we have um, okay, so okay, so first game we have 49ers at Arizona. 49ers favored by 12, uh, taking the Niners there. Uh, you have Vikings at Bengals. Vikings are deciding to go with was it Nick Mullins? Not Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard? Somebody from the, the old 49ers rosters. Um, I think it's Nick Mullins. Bengals favored by three. I'm taking the Bengals at home. Jake Browning having. Um, Doing a great job filling in for Joe Burrow, honestly. Uh, Steelers at Colts. Steelers are in disarray um, offensively, I think. They're having some locker room issues. I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, the line is only minus. Uh, uh, it's one and a half. Colts by one and a half. I think uh, I think they win by seven. I think they win more than that. Uh, Broncos at Lions. Uh, Lions favored by four and a half. That is a Saturday game. There's some Saturday games. Um this weekend, so you have Saturday and Sunday. I'm taking the Lions at home. Uh, Bears and Browns. Uh, I'm taking the Browns at home. They're favored by three. Should be more than that, I think. Defensively, they're going to be all over Justin Fields for sure. Uh, Bucks and Packers. Packers favored by three and a half. This one I could go either way. I'm kind of it's kind of hit and miss uh, with Jordan Love um, roster wise. Packers should win, uh, but I'm going to take the Bucks. I just um, I think th- their team. Players they can they'll rally around uh, Baker more I think and they need to they need to win that game more I feel like uh, Chiefs and Patriots uh, great game for the Chiefs to to bounce back after that that situation with Buffalo and that loss uh, taking the Chiefs to win in New England uh, they're favored by eight we have Falcons at Panthers Falcons only favored by three um, should be favored by twelve this Panthers team is horrible. Uh, only one in twelve. Uh, Falcons need to win to um, to win that division. So I'm taking the Falcons in that one. Giants at Saints. I'm riding with Tommy DeVito here. He's an underdog. Saints favored by five and a half in New Orleans. Um, let's go with the Giants and Tommy DeVito. Uh, Jets at Dolphins. Dolphins favored by nine. Uh, Zach Wilson's playing a lot better, um, but this is one game, so I'm going with Dolphins. Uh, Texans and Titans. I'm going. Oh, whoa, the the tech the Titans are actually favored for this one, uh, favored by three and a half. I wonder if C.J. Stroud is not playing. Uh, let me check that real quick. Um, doesn't say anything, but he was in concussion protocol uh, this week, so I assume, given the line that Vegas gave it, 
um, I don't think he's playing against the Titans. If that's the case, we'll see former Stanford quarterback Davis Mills, which I believe he will lead them to victory to win that one too, um, to get closer to winning the division. Commanders at the Rams. Rams favored by six and a half. They're six and seven. Can still still in the hunt for the playoffs. I'm taking the Rams. Cowboys and Bills. This is a big game. Bills favored by two in Buffalo. Um, I think I'm going to take the Bills just because they need this game more. And I think the Cowboys put a lot of of energy and and um, and expect they had their expectations pretty high. Like they were ready for for the Eagles, I feel like. So this game might be like a little bit of a letdown. It might be a little bit of a slow start. It'll be close, but uh, I'll take the Bills. Ravens at Jaguars is the Monday night game. Or no, it was a Sunday night game on the 17th. Um, I'm taking the Ravens to win on the road. They're favored by three and a half. And then you have Monday night Eagles at Seahawks. Seahawks have been reeling. They've lost four straight, fighting for their playoff lives. Eagles are um, favored by three in Seattle. Um We've seen the Eagles. They've been they haven't been clicking on all cylinders, and it's been like that all year. I still think they're um, they're a contender, but uh, they got to figure it out quick because they're having some struggles there. But I'm going with the um, the Eagles to win that one. So now I uh, wanted to finish with my um, my tiers list for the teams that can that can realistically win the Super Bowl. In my opinion, AFC I have the Ravens as the first. I think they're the best team in the AFC. They've been consistent all year, and then I have I'm still gonna say the Chiefs because it's still Patrick Mahomes still the best player the best player in the in the league best quarterback they're just too talented to not be a serious contender and then I'm going to go with the Browns I'm going with the Browns who are 8 and 5 right now just beat Jacksonville Jacksonville's losing games that they should they should win they should have won they should have beaten the Browns but I just believe in that defense a lot um I really believe in Trevor Lawrence but I just think I don't know why. I just want to see the Browns just like exceed the expectations with Joe Flacco as their quarterback. It's just like it's just a funny story to me, and I, I do think they have the pieces, and I think I truly think they can they can do it. So I have Ravens, Chiefs, Browns, the AFC. That's my my three teams that I think could realistically come out of the AFC and win the Super Bowl. Dolphins. I haven't seen them win against a, a winning team in a dominant fashion yet. So there's still still some question marks, and still question marks with two and big games, big moments. Uh, the Jaguars, like, they're there, but just, um, I don't know if I could trust them consistently, you know. Um, and I'm going to say the Bills, no, not this year, or the Bengals, not this year. Um, NFC, I'll say I, I have the 49ers still 10-3. and three. I think they're the best team in football, offensively, defensively, like their passing game. Purdy's leading the MVP, I think. McCaffrey's there, too. Their running game, like, every aspect of their team is great. Um, Kyle Shannon, and the, the play calling has been great. Um, and then I have the Cowboys, honestly. The Cowboys, winners of five straight, along with the 49ers, winners of five straight. These are like two of the hottest teams in the league right now. Um, Jack Prescott's been playing amazing. He had a terrible game against uh, against 49ers, but other than that, he's, he's hasn't been turning the ball over that much. He's been like, I think this is the best version of Dak Prescott we've seen. Defense is stepping it up. Um, they just destroyed the Eagles, which was like their biggest um like hurdle and the 49ers that's the biggest hurdle um but i think they're a serious contender the lions i thought they were a serious contender but their defense is giving me some um some hesitation because uh, i haven't seen them improve as well and then my third team 
in the AFC that I think it was Super Bowl is the Eagles. Eagles, you know, they they haven't been clicking on all cylinders at all this year, as we've talked about, but they're 10-3 still. Like, they have the same record as, as the Cowboys and the 49ers still. Um, defensively, they haven't been as good as, you know, when they was last year when they went to the Super Bowl, but there's still room for improvement. Offensively, there's still room for improvement, so they can figure it out, just like I think the Chiefs can figure it out, and they can be uh, more consistent and be dominant in the playoffs. And, like, if everything – like is in sync at the right time, then they can make the Super Bowl and they could win. So um, NFC, my real contenders, 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles. AFC, it is the um, Ravens, Browns, and Chiefs. So, um, yeah, that's all I have for this week's episode. Enjoy this weekend. Uh, we have football, NFL on Saturday, and um, also, obviously, Sunday and Monday. So have some good um, – sports stuff and a lot of uh, big games bowl season hasn't started yet but i think it'll start like the the better bowl games will start uh mid next week so we'll uh check in with that but thanks for listening and have a have a good weekend